Good evening, everyone. I'm Janine Stanley, the Explorer Community Manager here at IRA, and we are going on an expedition tonight. Tonight, we are traveling hands-free, hands in the air, everybody. Tonight with me is our trail boss, Ryan Bishop, our customer account manager. Hey, Ryan. Hello, everybody. And our tour guides tonight, we welcome back from Agent Land, Miss Emma Vincent. Hello, everyone. We also welcome back tour guide Tiffany Manash. Hello. And our new tour guide for tonight, Mrs. Stacy Gallegos. Hello, everybody. Well, let's get right into it because we have a lot of folks here who are interested in hearing about hands-free, and a lot of folks are interested in hearing about travel. We'd like to welcome all of our new explorers from everywhere, but especially from the United Kingdom. Welcome, everyone. It's really late at night there, folks. So, hands-free with Ira. Let me give you a little history before we jump into the topic, and I'll also give you an update. So, when Ira started out, we used glasses and little personal MiFi units so that everything was connected wirelessly. We used Google Glass, then we used a, something called Austria glasses, and then we went to our Horizon kit, which we produced ourselves. Well, unfortunately, the Horizon kit uh, basically became something that we couldn't update anymore. And so also we needed to get out of the glasses business. And so in March, we discontinued that particular product. So since then, everyone has been using the camera from their smartphone to interact with Ira. And although many people had been doing this before, because you could do it, certainly, uh, without the glasses if you wanted to, but a lot of people found that this was a problem and that having some way to have your hands free would be a good idea. Now, I'll update you because I know the question that's on everyone's mind. Are we ever going to have glasses again? Well, the answer is once we find a set of glasses and a manufacturer that are going to come in at the right price with the right set of options, we will definitely explore it. And we are looking at all of those options. Some people have hooked up other video cameras and come in through their smartphone through an app called Quick Support. It's something that we neither recommend or don't recommend. We say if you want to try it, please know all of the quirks about doing so, and we'll discuss those in a bit. But let's talk hands-free. So there are lots of ways to go hands-free, and a lot of the options that we're going to be talking about tonight, we're educating you so that you can be a better consumer of hands-free products. So first of all, Tiffany Explain to everybody, and Stacy, feel free to jump in here, what is a lanyard? Because that's the first thing everyone says, hands-free, oh, I'll get a lanyard. What the heck is a lanyard? So a lanyard is a device that would hang around your neck. Um, it might have one, two, or three pockets on it. Um, the one that I use uh, has a pocket on the front, which my iPhone sits in faces out in portrait mode, and the agents can see through the camera. And then on the other side, there's another pocket, a plastic uh, clear pocket that I can put like IDs, those kind of things into. And then mine also has a zipper po pocket that goes the length of the lanyard, and I can put other things inside it. 
Um, so it's just something that hangs around your neck and you can, depending on the type of lanyard, um, you might be able to adjust it. Um, with mine, I've just tied a knot at the right position um, and I've worked with the agents to, to find that right spot, which works best uh, for the agents to see all around. So let's talk a little bit. Stacy. anything to add about lanyards? Because there are all different kinds in terms so, of the straps. So yes, um, I, I have a waterproof lanyard that we actually purchased last summer. And um, we, we actually purchased it because we, we went to a water park and we needed you know place to have our phones. I have not had the best experience with lanyards. I have I found that when when I put my phone in them for a length of time, my phone would start getting hot. So um, you know that might be something to look out for if you if you do try the lanyard thing. They're convenient, and and when I did use them, I had positive experiences. But I I I use a, I would use them for short periods of time when it's so hot here in Texas that. If, if I was going to be out with doing travel or transit training or navigation, I just simply had my phone and, and did it that way because the one time I did use the lanyard, my phone overheated and it, was, it wasn't a good situation. So. Oh boy. so when you were using lanyards, did you find it difficult to adjust them at all or find one that adjusted mm-hmm. to get that phone where it needed to be? What I did it, before I actually went out on a on a an, a, tr- a session that I needed, you know, I always te- would do a test call with the agents, and I would I would tie the strap on on my lanyard kind of to to have a better view if if the lanyard was too long or whatever. So I got that agent feedback and made the adjustment to the lanyard as needed. Right now. Emma, let's talk about what the agents see and what is the best position if you're using a lanyard. Where should you have your phone? Because, you know, I'm thinking of that lanyard kind of hanging down. And, and what are some of the things we can do to help with that? And where exactly should we put our phone? Yeah. So with the lanyard, of course, there's also the option of the chest mount, but we can get into that in a little bit. Sticking with the lanyard, when it hangs in front of you, you're going to want the back of the phone facing outwards, and that will give us the best view. When you're walking, we do understand that there'll be some movement within the camera view just as you kind of sway side to side while you're walking, but that's not going to be an issue. Hopefully we still will be able to navigate you around the things you need to. Uh, And if you're standing still and we need to look at something around you, you can just simply pick up the phone and rotate it side to side in order for us to see. And if you have your hands full, you are also welcome to turn your body, which will then of course rotate the phone and we'll be able to see whatever we need to look at to best assist. And to help with everybody's orientation, I recommend if you can turn your upper body rather than moving your feet so you don't get disoriented or get facing, you know, a way that you don't want to face, uh, although your agent can help you straighten that out, it's always good to, you know, keep your feet facing the direction you want to go and then turn your body. And having your phone facing out is is pretty important because, of course, Ira uses the back camera. Now, one of the other things, and I'll ask Stacy about this, and then I'll, I will move to Tiffany here. A lot of people say, I don't want to walk around in public with my phone hanging around my neck. What if somebody comes up and takes it? What will happen? 
let's talk a little bit about that. How, how do you feel about that, Stacey? I know your family has had some experience with this. <laughs> yes. Um, so when, when, I, I, when I've been out um, using a lanyard, it helps being a guide dog user, I guess, because people try, even though the guide dog is, is not, their, their primary job is not protection, it, it kind of is a deterrent. I'm very mindful of where I am when I'm going to have my phone out. And a lot of times when I did use, a la- uh, did use the lanyard, I used it in, shop- in, in a store. And so, you know, I felt very safe. And so I, I, I never had issues with that. I look at lanyards as tools in our boxes. And so, you know, you, you have different situations in which you can choose different tools. And so if I was ever in an outdoor situation where I felt like, oh, maybe I don't want to have my phone out right now, um, I, would, I would probably have not used a lanyard and, you know, used other means. Maybe something a little that would hold the phone a little more securely to your body or something. Yep, that might be, you know, where you actually, you know, I don't have familiar, I, I don't have experience with chest mounts, but, you know, something that actually is more close to your body and doesn't have that dangling room, I guess. Mm-hmm. Tiffany, how about you? Um, so uh, I'm the opposite. I use a lanyard everywhere I go and I don't have that uncomfortable feeling. I have, I've never had anybody come up and try and take my phone, but I always can tell that it's there. I mean, I'm aware of it. As a cane user, um, I am aware that my phone is there and I'm talking to the agent and, you know, we're going about our business. I use it for navigation. I mean, I use it for, for everything in, in the lanyard mode. And, you know, at first people ask me, well, what about it dangling on your neck? I'm like, I don't care. It's my tool to use and that's why I'm going to use it. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm very comfortable with it. Now, one of the things, let's talk a little bit about the most obvious and basic version of hands-free, which is not really hands-free, but it's literally holding the phone in your hand. And one of the things that I did forget to put on our outline here, but it is very important, is a little item called a pop socket. And a pop socket is a little round circular device. You stick it on the back of your phone and it can pull out and expand so that you almost have this little knob on the back of your phone to hold mm-hmm. on to. Do either of you ladies use pop sockets at all or know people who this do? Is, this is Stacy. I absolutely love pop sockets. I think this is, if you are going to have your phone out, pop sockets are an excellent tool to have that will allow you to have a real secure grip on your phone that makes it difficult for someone to, to swipe your phone. Uh, several years ago, my husband's phone, we were waiting at a bus stop and the way he was holding his phone, somebody just came up very quickly and swiped it out of his hand without, you know, it was, it was so quick. We didn't even have time to react. So we, you know, we learned a different way to hold our phone, but then we, we learned about pop sockets and we use them all the time. And you can find these on Amazon. You can find them. They are also great giveaways. A lot of companies will give away pop sockets. We actually gave them away last year at the uh, conventions. So you may see those IRA pop sockets around in the, in the future because they are really handy tools. And they can stick on the back of the case. And some of them can be removed and replaced. And others have, will stick pretty, pretty well on there. So great. Um, 
Emma, we had a question prior to tonight's call from someone who was asking, how high do they really need to hold their phone for you to be able to see down the street uh, to cars around them, things like that? Is there a certain height? Because she was feeling like maybe her phone was too low. That definitely depends on the situation. So with someone who is in, um, you know, maybe they're seated and they want to look over something like a car, in that situation, it might be hard for us to see. We would have to have them go much higher from the ground. But just if they were standing on the street and they wanted to look down the street, I don't really think that there's going to be too big of an issue unless something's directly in front of them about how high the phone needs to be. So the phone's really going to give us a great view from left to right, top to bottom, in order to see pretty far, especially if something's further away from you. Our field of view is much larger because it extends out like a cone. And so something down the street or over a car, a normal kind of height, is going to be fine. And if we need you to raise the phone, we can, we'll just ask you to, um, could you raise the phone towards, you know, the sky or towards the ceiling, depending on where you are. And that will give us a better view. So don't worry about where your phone is when you call in, because we can definitely just have you adjust to make the best view for us. Great. And that might sometimes mean adjusting that lanyard to get the best view. I find for me, the best place if I'm wearing a lanyard is uh, so that my phone rests right below my collarbones, which usually means tightening up that lanyard strap pretty, <laughs> pretty tight because I'm pretty short. So having that phone right there and having it not swinging and dangling is, is great. Let's talk pouches. Because um, we've talked a little bit about, um, Stacy's got a waterproof pouch. These hook onto the lanyards, right? The things that go around your neck have a little hook at the bottom and your pouch hooks onto that, right? One yes, the, the particular style that I have, it actually, because it's waterproof, the lanyard part itself was silicon and it, you know, it would detach. It also had, um, to tighten it up, it kind of had like one of those little buckle kinds of things like a slider buckle it it's not the kind that has the the little metal tooth that you've got to put through a hole you know it kind of slides and then you push the little latch down to lock it in place ah. and tiffany how about your pouch for your lanyard how is your phone held by your lanyard mine is just a cloth lanyard and the pocket is just an open pocket okay Right. You will sometimes see as convention handouts from companies. I know um, um, a couple companies have had them over the years, and Ira had them a couple years ago. A pouch with a lanyard, the, the thing that goes around your neck, but then there was literally a little rectangular bag with a couple pockets and a clear spot. They call them passport holders. You might find them called that on Amazon. Um, and these are more of a square design or a rectangular design that will that your phone can kind of stick out of and it will hold your phone so that that um, back facing camera is actually able to see what it needs to out of that bag kind of design then there are other ways to hold your phone on to a silicone lanyard and these are called silicone lanyard pouches and they usually have a little pocket on one side and little strings that go over the corners of your phone and kind of make a little triangle basically uh, around the corners of your phone 
and hold your phone to the lanyard. Now, these are interesting pouches. There are a lot of different designs out there. The one thing you have to be careful of with these, though, I found, and ladies, please, you know, feel free to chime in here. You have to be careful that they're not covering up on the, the newer phones with the multi-cameras. You've got some big real estate on the back of your phone to, <laughs> to make mm -hmm. sure that that's not covering up when you put those corners over and the little brace that holds them in the middle, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I was going to say that one great thing you could do before purchasing one is calling into Ira, and we can kind of review the, let's say you're shopping on Amazon, we can look at the different options that you're maybe considering and give you some firsthand tips about which ones might be best given the, you know, if, if it's a solid case, of course, we would need it to be clear. Or if you were looking for something more stable, like I mentioned before, there are chest mounts that some of our explorers use, which more kind of strap to their chest and they hold the phone out in front of them. And so that allows it to not bounce around. So, so there's lots of different options to go through as well. I've also seen head mounts. And so whatever you'd like, that's a great reason to call into Ira and get some tips on that. Great. And Emma is reading my mind and the agenda <laughs> because my next thing here are the chest mounts and a chest mount. Um, it's Stacy or Tiff, do you guys use it? Have you used a chest mount at all? I have not. I've heard of a lot of explorers who have, but I haven't because the lanyard works best for me. And, and the same for me. I, I really haven't. You know, I, like I said, I have a lanyard and I've used it a few times. But it's not my primary means to to use, you know, use Ira. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a tool in my box that I have if I need it. Well, I do have a chest mount and I have used it in various places. A chest mount is like a harness. Literally, it is a human harness. <laughs> and on the front of the chest mount is a padded area, often with suction cups or straps that will hold your phone in place. And... On some chest mounts, they'll rotate so you can do portrait or landscape. And I'll ask Emma about that here in a minute. They do make chest mounts. And the primary use for these folks is for people with GoPro cameras or if you're videotaping using your phone. So these aren't weird things that are out there. Um, trust me, enough people use them that they are on Amazon and many different styles of them are on Amazon. So if you're worried about, wow, you know, I don't want to look weird wearing all this stuff, you know, you would be amazed at some of the stuff people wear, right, Emma? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I see people with, especially now that Taking videos in public is a much more common thing to do. You see people with cameras kind of out being used like that pretty often. Kind of feel like you have a body camera on when you've got the, uh, the chest mount harness on. And they, they make them for men and women. So they're definitely different styles. And so you will want to look and see the difference. And believe me, don't just buy like a unisex one if you are definitely curvy. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> that one the hard way. <laughs> but head mounts. So Emma, can you describe, because my first thought was, Oh, that's bizarre. I would never wear a phone on my head. <laughs> We've got some explorers who actually do. Yeah, and the ones that do really love it because giving us, like you said, with keeping your feet facing forward, they're able just to rotate their head and give us you know, basically an eye level view of whatever we need to look at. So yes, you know, the downside is 
that you might feel a little weird about it, but the pros to it are just a really clear view for us. And so that's just going to sit on your head, just like a a, um, headlamp. And it just kind of goes right on your forehead. And like I said, you know, especially for people who like hiking or doing kind of activities like that, it's really nice to get that view as they're walking that's stable and be able to turn their head, look at some flowers, look at some birds and continue on. And these head mounts, I didn't know what they were used for, but apparently they are used for gaming a lot with your phone. And I had no idea. You know, I was thinking, why would you ever want to do that? But um, apparently a lot of folks who do different types of augmented reality and virtual reality wear uh, these head mounts. And they are um, a series of straps, like Emma said, like you would wear with a, a headlamp and So you'll have a strap that goes around the back of your head and then a strap sometimes that will go uh, from ear to ear across the top of your head and then one that'll go back to front to give it some stability. So almost like a hat without, uh, you know, the hat parts. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Yeah. So those are out there. Um, There are also things called neck mounts. And there is one that we've looked at that we're not going to give any names out today, but if you want information about these, certainly you can join our email list if you're not already there. And we'll give the info about that at the end of the call because we discuss these all the time. But the neck mounts are usually pieces of flexible piping material, often with some padding on them. And then they have the same type of cell phone attachment that a chest mount or a head mount might have that allows you to put your phone in it facing the correct direction and be able to adjust your phone in terms of tipping it back a little bit, tipping it forward a little bit, putting it in portrait or landscape mode. And the neck mounts, they're not something you're going to wear like to church or to, you know, uh, the business meeting or anything like that. But if you're out walking or you're doing some leisure activities or you're shopping, they're amazing. Uh, Have either of you ladies, Tiff or Stacy, used a neck mount yet? I have not. This is Stacy. I just purchased one yesterday. Ah, awesome. So it's on its way. (laughs) Right. And they definitely have their uses. They are definitely not for everybody, but they are quite interesting and something I didn't think I was going to like. Now, we also have some folks who use pouches that aren't attached to lanyards. And I have this is probably one of my favorite. I I love this thing. (laughs) I have a little pouch that my phone goes in. And this pouch fastens onto the strap of a crossbody bag and holds my phone up and out of the pouch so that the agents can see. I can also plug a headphone in because it's got a hole at the bottom for a headphone jack. And you can find these kinds of pouches a lot of places so that your phone is out of your purse and you can get to it quickly. So these types of pouches are also available uh, to have your phone in, and they can connect to a number of different things. I have used a a briefcase strap to use as sort of a crossbody when I'm not taking my big crossbody purse. And another one of our, at least one of our explorers uses an arm-mounted kind of phone mount. And I don't know, Emma, if you've ever seen the arm mount as an agent, anybody using one of those? I definitely haven't seen that. I'm sorry, I haven't seen that yet, but I definitely think that would be a cool idea, especially one that was facing forward. So if they wanted to rotate it, you know, normally phones 
on the arm sit facing to the side, but they could just rotate it right to the front. And I think that would actually work really well. So that's a great idea. Great. And they got it because they were a, a runner. And, you know, that was something that a lot of runners have is the phone, you know, on the arm like that. And so this seemed to work pretty well. That person um, varied between a cane and a guide dog, depending on what was going on. And uh, the person said that this worked fairly well in both circumstances on the arm that wasn't using the mobility device. So, you know, the arm that was fairly still um, as you were walking. See, I swing my arm when I walk. <laughs> that would be a disaster for an agent, I think. And if you're worried about the movement of the camera, you know, distracting or doing whatever for the agent, making it harder, please don't be too concerned about that. If it is an issue, the agent will just let you know, oh, it actually is moving a little too much for me to track where the things are in front of you or something like that. But we're really used to walking with people with lanyards on. So that type of swaying side to side, don't let it deter you from trying. Definitely still give us a call and we can let you know if it works or not. So Emma, portrait or landscape? I both? feel like that's a Coke or Pepsi question. You know? <laughs> Definitely both work. We are able to see out of the camera both ways. So whatever is best for your mount or lanyard works for us. That's good to know. Many of the newer cameras with the multi-camera setup actually work better in portrait mode. One thing you will need to remember about uh, if you go into landscape mode is to unlock your phone's um, screen orientation. A lot of us keep our, our orientation locked because it's just easier. But if you're going to do landscape, you want to unlock that. And I know, Stacy, you guys are Android folks. Can you explain to the Android folks how to do that? We've had a lot of questions from Android folks about how to unlock their portrait orientation. Go into the control center by swiping down with two fingers, and it's it's in the settings there. Oh, wow, and that is actually very similar to how you do it on iOS as well. You go into the control panel, and you will see something for um, orientation, and you will just double tap on that, and you'll be able to unlock it from there. So that is a handy tip. Now, let's say we had another question about, and this will lead us into, you know, kind of our next topic away from the hands-free devices necessarily, but when you are out walking and crossing a street, is there anything, Emma, that somebody needs to do differently with their phone when they're crossing a street, this person asks us? I would say when you're about to cross the street, it's the same type of protocol, so make sure that we are able to see across the street and give you all the information that you'd like in that situation. So approaching the street, maybe we would need you to lift up your phone if for some reason the light is higher up than usual or something like that. Um, but once you're beginning to actually cross the street, then you would just let it you know, hang if you were using a lanyard or whatever. And it wouldn't be as long as we're able to see in front of you, it shouldn't be an issue. You shouldn't need to do anything different, I guess, is the conclusion. <laughs> Great. Excellent. And remember that in the street, safety first. So we're going to start talking in the last half of our 
expedition tonight about actually getting around using IRA and walking, taking public transit, taking planes, trains, and automobiles, and all kinds of other things, if we ever get to do that again. <laughs> um, so, Tiffany, talk to us a little bit about, you know, how you use IRA when you're out traveling around your city, walking, and what's that experience like? So I basically use Ira um, for walking around my neighborhoods, grocery stores, those kind of things, but also on public transit when I was able to use it. <laughs> I would have agents, if it was an area I wasn't sure where the bus stop was, um, I would ask them to assist in finding that bus stop. Um, if I knew, you know, the general vicinity, you know, I would make sure depending on if it was an actual bench or some of them are poles with a, a sign um, on them. So it's very different types of landmarks for me as, a, as an explorer to finding public transit. And then once on, you know, sometimes the bus is announced. Sometimes the drivers will ask me, you know, what stop I want, want to get off on. Um, but other times I'll ask the agent, hey, you know, I know this stop is not a typical announcement, especially if I've ridden that, that bus and that route before. You know, I'll ask the agent, um, can you let me know when I, just before I get to, you know, this, this stop? And, and they do. So it, it, you can use IRA on the buses, and it's a great usage for that kind of stuff. Uh, Stacy, you have a multiple IRA household. Uh, how do you all get about in your area? What kinds of things do you do with so, so very, very similar to what uh, Tiffany was saying. We, we do use public transit by, you know, with buses in Houston, we do have light rail, obviously uh, rideshare services, Uber. And this is really one of my favorite things to use IRA agents for is I, a lot of times if I'm out by myself for security purposes, I want to make sure that I'm getting into the right Uber vehicle. I have had uh, situations where I have had agents, you know, if I felt uh, unsafe riding in a car with a driver, I will keep the agent on and I make use of the message feature where I'm able to message the agent. And ironically, in one particular situation, the agent who is, uh, you know, far away, even got some weird vibes from the driver. So, you know, that was a very telling experience. But so I've, I've used IRA for that. I find that when, when using um, IRA on, on public transport, on, on buses, you know, it's been very helpful. I'm, I know where I need to get off, but sometimes the, the announcers on our buses here are not the best. Mm -hmm. uh, the drivers tend to lower the volume. And so it makes listening to, for those very difficult. So I've, I've kept agents on the phone while I'm on the bus, or if I know that I'm nearing my bus stop, I will call and have the agent verify where I'm getting off. There's been situations where I've wanted to try what it's like to be the one to ring the bell for my stop. And so I, I've had an agent on the phone and say, okay, your stop's coming. You can ring the bell now. Awesome. So, you know, you can, you can do different things. If I, you know, I, I don't always have bad experiences on public transportation, but if I've had some issues with a, a bus driver and I need to get the bus number of the bus that I'm on, I've used agents to get that. And if I'm traveling where I know I'm going to take multiple buses, I, I might um, check with an agent as I'm on route to, to where I'm going, you know, other bus information. Or if we're going to 
go to a restaurant, maybe use an agent to uh, look up a menu. So I'm kind of taking care of more, bo- uh, more multiple birds with one stone. And you just brought up something that I was about to talk about here, which is route planning and kind of destination planning. And, and if you have any kind of anxiety about riding public transit, believe me, we all get it. I mean, it can be a, an experience sometimes. And just having that agent along to verify that you are where you think you are, you're getting the right bus, you're going the right direction, that can be a big help in minimizing your anxiety and the exhaustion that it can take sometimes to get out there and travel. So, you know, as we open more things back up and whatnot, you know, um, definitely give it a try. But the route planning. um, So, Emma, have you ever helped somebody that, you know, they call up and they say, okay, I want to go to this place, but I don't know how to get there. Absolutely. That's a pretty common call. Well, maybe not (laughs) these days, but before. Yeah, it was definitely something that we do quite often. So one example that I really enjoy was someone wanted to go to a baseball game. And so we figured out the best way to walk to the closest bus stop that was going to be able to get them there. We wrote down, I was able to um, write this all out in an email for them. So we planned out the walk there, planned out which bus they were going to get on and what time it was picking up and what stop they were going to get off at. That walk then to the baseball stadium and then uh, figured out which entrance they needed to go in using Google Maps. So we planned out that whole route and then they called in day of and had an actual agent pull up that information and take them through that. So we were able to help with both parts. Wow, that's awesome. I'm going to add a little bit to that. So um, I did that same thing. Um, We went from Sacramento, took a mega bus. I called an agent ahead of time and said, hey, I'm going to uh, see the Giants and I'm going to get off of the mega bus. This is my seat. Can you find the Giants stadium map and take a picture have a have that map circle my seat so that when I call in to an agent when I actually get to the stadium, they can then route oh. me and walk me to my seat uh, in the stadium. That was awesome. And folks, we can do that. You can save these things, ask the agent to save it in your profile, and they will save that. And then other agents can call that up for you. So these are things that you can absolutely do with Ira. And if you were going to someplace like a farmer's market, or for example, my neighborhood has food trucks, and I have called the agent ahead of time and said, okay, here's the food truck. Um, I didn't pre-order my stuff. So can we read the menu as I'm walking to the food truck? And we do that. And um, then when I get there, you know, of course, we have all the social distancing things now. So um, the agent will help me with all of that and then get to the food truck. In fact, tomorrow is soft ice cream day. So everybody get excited. All right. So our next big thing moving around is going to be Indoor navigation. How many times, Stacy, have you been to an indoor venue? I'm thinking the conventions that we're all not going to in the next two weeks. But yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about what's your experience been with navigating with Ira indoors? So I will tell you, um, I've been a, um, Raul, my husband and I, we've been explorers for, um, gosh, going on uh, four years soon or, or a little over three years and um, Ira was an invaluable resource to us when when 
we went to Orlando for the first time for the NFB convention several years ago. And um, it, it's really a great way to um, get information about, about where you're going and where you need to go. And it does, I don't, I don't like huge crowds of people, you know, but it, it, interesting enough, I'm always, I'm always in large crowds of people, but I like to know where I need to go because I don't like to be late. And so I, I always have found talking with agents before, you know, getting somewhere, hey, this is where I'm going to be going. Can you kind of give me a layout? Uh, we're the kind of people like uh, for convention, we would go and be at convention early so we could kind of go scout out the hotel and find out, you know, what, where we needed to be and all of that kind of stuff. And, and Ira is absolutely wonderful for that. How about you, Tiff? Any uh, indoor experiences to share? Well, conventions especially, but also those hotel rooms, you know, not every hotel room is the same. And so when being at all these various conventions and hotels, I'll ask an agent, okay, can you just describe, the, like, where's the thermostat? Because I'm one of those that I don't like to be cold. Yes. <laughs> so that's an important thing for me. And then just giving me a description of the layout of the room, if, you know, there's things that, uh, especially sometimes I have adjoining rooms with friends. Okay, where's the door to that adjoining room? Yeah, I can find it, but it's just kind of get that quick layout of those kind of things. And then also really figuring out where the meeting rooms are that I'm attending and those kind of things. So when I've done indoor stuff, it's pretty much been for the various conventions, either national convention or state conventions and the hotels. And, and like Stacy, I will call ahead of time and kind of get a layout of the hotel and also go a day early to really walk it myself with the agent. We went last summer to Chicago to visit my in-laws and we kind of went uh, to a mall that neither one of us had ever been to before. And it, it was a neat experience to um, go, go into a place that we'd never been and then have Ira on the phone to kind of assist us with, um, you know, kind of navigating and, and discovering new things. So that's a, a really great we have a lot of good travel experiences with Ira. Awesome. And malls are another big destination. Now, Emma, I would bet that another big destination place for people that has a lot of indoor navigation are these giant medical complexes. Absolutely. The agents kind of figure out some of those. Are the layouts of those places and hotels and things like that, are those ever online that you go look up or... So one of the first things that we'll do if someone wants to navigate more of a complicated building like that is look online and see if they do have an indoor map. Some places do, some places do not. If they do, great, we'll use that. And if not, we'll just do it the old-fashioned way. So we'll walk through the halls and look at signs, have the explorers point the cameras towards the different signs and navigate that way. And using Ira in a medical setting, generally, that's going to be okay. As far as we know, there is one thing to be aware of in a, in a big medical complex is that some of the machinery really does a number on your cell reception. So there are going to be places where you will not be able to get cell reception and hence not be able to connect with Ira. I've noticed that in a couple of the medical buildings that I've been in where they have MRI equipment or they've got a lot of 
x-ray equipment in that particular area that I'm in, that tends to interfere sometimes, especially the MRI stuff. <laughs> that is uh, not a great machine to be around for a number of reasons, but definitely that is one of them. Well, we are moving from, you know, into the fun kind of travel that hopefully we'll all be able to do again very soon. And that's the air bus train travel. Now, Stacy, you guys have a light rail in Houston. We'll start with kind of the commuter rail. How does that work? What do you use IRA for on the light rail? So basically just, um, you know, re- making sure that we're at the right uh, platform to catch. And we have three lines. So you know, red, green, and blue, I think are the colors. So uh, making sure that we're at the, the right platform to know where to get off. We don't have subways here in Houston, but we have used IRA in, in the subways in New York, awesome. um, both in Penn Station and Grand Central. Uh, we've used them in Washington, D.C. We've used Amtrak. So it's a, it's a definitely a, comes in handy. Great. And were you able to move through the cars um, on Amtrak? We were, but at at the time, um, it was one of those situations that we did not have IRA on. You know, we used IRA to make sure that we got to the right platform, you know, and inside the train station to get to the ticket counter and that kind of stuff. But actually going through the train, we did not, you know, have IRA on. If I... If I can, really quick, just jump in here. I've You've done that actually. Too, right? Yeah, I've done, and uh, when uh, I've done Ira on the Amtrak during the train moving, actually, and it's been quite a fun experience. We were taking an Amtrak, one of the uh, interstate trains, and uh, going to find the meal cars, the food cars, and all that. Um, it's definitely an interesting experience, um, getting to learn how to open the the doors between the between the cars with Ira, um, and also getting to uh, find out about all the signage that they have actually inside train cars with an agent, which is a very very entertaining to find out. Now, uh, walking in a train car and holding a phone uh, is definitely a uh, a skill that you have to gain. But you know, Picked it's opportunity for a hands-free IRA there, right? Yeah, <laughs> um, but it's definitely a fun experience. So, Emma, have you ever been an agent for someone who's been on a train? Not actual the actual train while it's moving, but definitely through the train stations, finding an empty seat, making sure, especially recently, making sure there's enough distance around them, making sure their bag's in the right spot. So all of those things we've helped with. But I definitely think that we could assist walking through the train if the person wanted to, no problem. I know. I would love to go on one of the scenic train tours. And I wish I had had Ira when I did the Grand Canyon Railroad a few years back. You mentioned luggage, Emma. One of the coolest things that Ira can do is to help you keep track of your luggage. (laughs) How does this work? What can we do to help you guys, you know, help us keep track of our luggage? One of the best things that I've seen is before you go on the trip, call into Ira, have us take a picture of what your luggage looks like, and we can save it to your um, profile. And then when you are ready to go pick up your bag from the carousel or however you're traveling, we'll pull up that picture and then we'll just 
be able to use that to try to identify your bag. Of course, if it's just a normal size black suitcase, it might take a little bit longer, but that's how it is for everyone. So, um, you know, we'll be able to assist that way. And if you get a luggage cover or a suitcase cover, that always makes it easy, too, if you get a fun one. I have one with caps on it and, you know, different colors on it and things like that. So we're going to talk airports. Tiff, yeah, to the airport with the IRA. Let's talk about a lot of airports around the country are free IRA Mm -hmm. access sites. So what's your experience been in the airport? I have to say that uh, 90% of my experiences have been fabulous. Only one or two or three, the connection was kind of choppy and I'd have to call back in. But um, I definitely use it for airports. I use it to go up the escalator, you know, go across, get on the, one of our uh, terminals has a tram. So um, go on the tram, get across, find security. And I have uh, TSA pre, I have purchased that. So um, I go to the TSA, I ask the agent, you know, where's the line for pre because they will switch it. Um, So I do that. And then, you know, they check my ID, check my boarding pass. I get to security. I will then take everything off, put it in my bag let the bag go through security. And just before I do that, I will tell the agent, um, I'm just about to go through security. I'm going to disconnect and I will call back in just a moment. And then I'll go through security. I'll grab my bag, launch Ira again and say, okay, let's go find gate B19, which is all the way at the end of the terminal. Yeah, that's how it always happens. (laughs) But um, what was really cool is I was able to Last year for Washington Seminar for NFB, it was a new person that was traveling with me, and she had IRA but really hadn't used it much and was really kind of leery about using it in the airport. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, why? And she's like, well, I just don't think that, you know, it'll work. And I said, well, let me show you. And so I launched IRA, and we walked the lovely Phoenix, Arizona airport. Most spread With no out trams and nothing at all. Yes, just, you, you, know, walk you walk it. and you, <laughs> you walk, walk everywhere. And you moving walk sidewalks, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> and the agent was awesome. I mean, she, she told us, she goes, there's walking sidewalks to your right or your left. And the person I was with was like, I, I don't feel comfortable doing those. I'm like, cool, okay, no worries. We won't we'll, use them. We'll walk the hilly airport. <laughs> yeah, and we did. We walked the length and I had an agent the entire time. There was no connection issues whatsoever. We found a store. We wanted some water. So, we, you know, we found a store, got some water, got some snacks, found our seats. And this guy was just totally blown away of how well it it worked. How about you, Stacey? You guys travel a lot. So we do, or we used to. <laughs> um, <laughs> we all used to. <laughs> I, 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 I think that for, for me, and this was one of the really first, um, first times that I really uh, appreciated Ira for, for the service and, and, and the possibilities that it did. Traveling in an airport with IRA is very liberating. Not to say that people who don't have IRA aren't liberated when they go through the airport. So I want to put that out there. But for me personally, it was a very liberating experience to be able to go through an airport just like a, a quote unquote normal person. A lot of times when people who are blind ask for assistance from the airport, you end up getting someone showing up with a wheelchair. 
So it was, it has been wonderful being able to just go get our, get our bags checked in and just go through the airport. We travel so much that the people here um, at our, at our airport, they know us, you know? (laughs) And so they're like, Oh, where are y'all going this month? You know, (laughs) now who's, who's to say they'll remember us when this is all over, if we're able to travel, but we, we kind of have a system that we go through security. I know we're going to talk about that in a minute. We, we find our gate and then I'm, you know, I'm usually the one that will go and get coffee for us. Or, you know, if we're traveling in the morning, we'll, um, we like Dunkin' Donuts and we never get it unless we're traveling. So uh-huh. we'll, you know, we'll be able to go and get Dunkin' Donuts coffee. And so having an IRA agent be able to navigate you through an airport and uh, being able to go and get your coffee and then walk it back and find your gate is, is great. I think something that really helps that go smoothly is when we know, you know, when we're going to travel, we will call Ira the day before and even the morning of and say, hey, we're going to be traveling. Can you put this information in my file? So if I call um, and, and I get another agent, they're going to have this information that I'm traveling on Southwest flight, blah, blah, blah. I'm leaving from Houston Hobby and I'm going to Denver or I'm going wherever I'm going. And so the agents, you know, we don't have to run through that information because they already have that ahead of time. When we get to the airport, if we're traveling by Uber or whatever, a couple of minutes before arriving to the airport, we'll get the agent on the phone. And while we're getting our bags checked in and doing all of that stuff, that gives the agent time to get themselves oriented and pull up their maps and be prepared. That way, the whole IRA experience is positive, both for us as explorers, but the agent as well. Yeah, and I'd like to add to that. Um, I do the same kind of thing. I have an itinerary, and I send that to support at ira.io, and then I'll call the day before and just say, hey, you know, I sent this. Is is my itinerary in my drive? And the agent will look it up. Yep, I see you're going to uh, Ronald Reagan International Airport on this date, and you're going through these cities, and yep, that's great. The other story I'd like to share really quick is um, when I was in D.C., I had an IRA agent, and I got up to the counter. The agent directed me to the counter, put my bag up on the scale for them to, to weigh it. And the lady who was behind me was like, uh, you need some assistance? And I said, no, ma'am, uh, I do not. I actually have someone with me in my ear. And she said, well, have you ever been to this airport? And I said, yeah, once or twice. She goes, well, you'll need assistance. And I said, no, ma'am, I, I don't. And she goes, what do you mean? Yes, you do. <laughs> and I said, let me explain. And so <laughs> at, at that time, I was using the Austria glasses, so it was way back when. Yeah. And uh, I said, see this camera on the side, which that's where the camera was with, the, with those glasses. I said, I actually have someone in my ear who can see through that camera and they can actually describe and help me navigate to security and to my gate. And she's like, no way, really? And she waved and the agent said, um, she just waved to you. And I said, thank you for waving at me. And she's like, oh my gosh, well, you have a great day. Thank you so much. So, you know, I think also it's educating people on how well this works as a team of agents and explorers. One of my favorite things to use agents for in the airport is getting my luggage off of the carousel. Oh, yeah. um, we have distinctive <laughs> markings on our bags. And so 
it's really cool to stand at the carousel and not have to depend on somebody to grab your bag. And so the agent could say, Oh, here comes your bag. I see, you know, blah, blah, blah. So that's been, it's, it's kind of silly, but it's, it's lots of fun. Yeah, it is. I have a pink ribbon tied around the side handle. Uh, mine's a, one of those typical black, you know, canvas bags. So um, I have that. And then I also use a luggage locator. So I use a combination of the three mm-hmm. and that works really well. You know, I can say to the agent, you know, if it's, if, the side handles, you know, facing towards me, you know, look for that pink ribbon or otherwise, you know, combination of stuff. So yeah, the tools are, tools are great. great. Yeah. And I did want to let folks know that it is actually, if you're not really sure and you say, you know what, I'm not quite ready to navigate the airport by myself. Even if you have an airport escort, you can also have an IRA agent who can tell you about some of the things that you're passing so that you can tell your escort, hey, I there's a, a Hudson store, which are the little snack stores and whatnot and up there. Um, can we go in there for a minute? I need to get something instead of asking them and they're sort of their intent on getting you to the gate, you know. This way, you've got a little more participation in that. You can absolutely do that. Um, one of our explorers, Pat Pound, uh, works in training the agents or the escort folks at the airport. She has some connections with the companies that do that type of service. And she often introduces them to IRA as a part of what's out there for people. I'm going to have our last minute here or so. Emma, do you have any uh, anything else that you'd like to share with everybody about traveling with Ira and hands-free and everything we've talked about? We're, we're sorry, we're not going to have enough time for audience participation tonight. Since this episode or whatever is about hands-free Ira, I have to make sure that I get in the table mounts. Table mounts are something that I, as an Uh, as an agent love when people use if they want to look at something on a read mail or anything that's going to be needing to be held steady basically so they make different ones that can do this some of them clip onto the side of a table and they have an arm that reaches up over and holds the phone facing down towards the table you can use this in a ton of different ways whether it's reading papers or signing something so you can use both hands another um, use would be cooking or anything that you would just want a bird's eye view of that is a great use for table mounts they also i've also seen explorers make them themselves so they'll either use a box and kind of cut out a hole or something like that or just something like a kitchen a wire kitchen rack as long as it's as as long as it's above about 12 inches or higher off the table, we should be able to get a good view of what what is below it. So a lot of our explorers use different types of table mounts in order to have another way to have hands-free IRA in order to show us different things without holding the phone at the same time. So that's a great one. That definitely is a great one. I don't know how I forgot about that one. And folks, I will tell you the neck mounts, you can make them into some really cool little stands for your phone, like while you're cooking. So the agent can see kind of what you're doing. If you need a check and balance or you need to know, is this brown? Is this whatever as I'm frying it or whatever you need for that? They make great uh, stands for that as well. But um, they're sometimes also called scanning stands, the table mounts. So definitely look for that when you're out looking. There are some 
some that are out on Amazon, um, different models, different prices. Um, they're also on Blind Mice Mega Mall. If you are familiar with that site, there are a few up there as well. Well, we have come to the end of another expedition, folks. I know you are travel weary. <laughs> well, I hope not. I hope you're pretty excited by now about actually going out with Ira. I'd like to thank everybody in our tour tonight for coming. Also, thank you to our tour guides tonight, Miss Emma Vincent, who I, I didn't call you Emma Watson. I almost. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for being with Absolutely. us. Absolutely. And our tour guides, Tiffany Minash. Yeah, thank you. It's been great. And Stacy Gallegos. Thank you, guys. It, it's been wonderful. And I hope, hope we, the information we've shared has been useful and will encourage uh, more IRA explorers to get out and explore the possibilities of traveling hands-free. And finally, my trail boss, Ryan Bishop. Thank you guys so much for showing up today. It's been wonderful having you all here, and I hope that you're ready to go out and travel either hands-free or with any IRA agent. Our next expedition, we're going to take two weeks off for the conventions, but we do have an Explorer call coming up on the 15th. That's a Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. But our next expedition will take place on Thursday, July 23rd, and we'll be talking about Team Viewer then, both Team Viewer for your Mac or PC and Team Viewer Quick Support for your Android or your iOS phone. And this is an app that can help you and your agent do things online. So you won't want to miss that one. And until we meet again, have a wonderful summer and a fabulous 4th of July weekend, everyone. Yeah, right, happy 4th of July. Stay safe. <laughs>